Don't you even think about getting off this train, Mokoso. All the people gonna be getting off this here train gonna be doing it in body bags. Yes! yes. Sound. This is our train. Yeah, well, your train is rolling in our turf. So what? So as soon as we cross Devereaux Street, you and your girls here is dead meat. Woo! We're gonna run now. Oh, excuse me. I couldn't help but notice that you two groups of people are about to start killing each other. And I was wondering if you could please just wait on that until we could get off the train. Sit down, bitch. Yeah. Bitch, sit down. That was really rude. Uh, take it back. Apologize. Yeah, right. Go ahead, stay out of this. He called you a bitch. Brad, shut up. Hey, listen to the bitch, Brad. <laughs> Watch your mouth, you big city scum sucker. Ooh. You just can't keep your foot out your mouth, can you, boy? Let me help. <gasps> Don't fuck with the lords of hell. Come on, you fuckers! Think that just because a guy reads comics, he can't purple shit? I'll fucking take all you want. Welcome to this week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. 面白い本と歌手ポッドキャストの今週のエピソードへようこそ。Each week, a motley band of comic readers slash amateur bard tenders attempt to pair cocktails with comic books. 毎週漫画の読者の雑多なバンドはスラッシュアマチュア入札しようと漫画とピアカクテルバーです。All while trying to not sound like complete morons in the process. すべての中にしようとして音ではないような完了プロセスで丁寧です。Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. You know something? No, what? You read too many comic books. <laughs> We now join Brian, Q, Adam, and Todd. We now join Brian, Q, Adam, and Todd. We now join Brian, Q, Adam, and Todd. I'm too sober for this shit. Uh, welcome to episode 30 something. I want to say three, but I think it might be four. Um, 33, 34 of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. This week we are doing The Boys, which, uh, based on previous text messages, I'm pretty certain we're about 50 50 on. Yeah, hold、um, on one second. Okay,、oh, there, there we go. <laughs> That's an indication right there, kids. Uh, so, uh, with us popping his top as we talk, we have Adam. Hey everyone, it's me, Adam, up in lovely Utah, where,、uh, due to the magic of time travel, it's still early November.、Um, <laughs> hasn't snowed, and yeah, we're just waiting to see, to watch the country burn coming this Tuesday. And flashing forward to when this actually airs, I am in hell. So,、yep. but in between November and hell,、uh, read my movie reviews on Big Shiny Robot and also over at the Board of Hell podcast. Yep, with Andy. Hi, Andy. Hi, Andy.、Um, who we, I, was, I was going through some of our old episodes because I cleaned up my hard drive that I've edited all these on, and Andy hasn't been with us since like episode six.、Um, we've gotten so much better since then. I know, so we really need to get Andy back on here so you know, we can you know, level、we、up our game again. We show how much more funny we are. <laughs> <laughs> we should guilt shame him into this. We should guilt shame him into this. 
No, I talked to him about it. Like, he, I, I, that's a long story. We won't get into that. But hi, Andy. How are you? He's uh, a bit busy saving the world and everything. I know. So. Well, and he's going to have his hands cut out for him, I'm sure. Uh, also saving so the world. Trump. President Trump. Also saving the world with his Captain Fabulous cape, we have Cube. Hi, I'm Q. Uh, so, uh, I'm here. I also am uh, a customer and uh, White Christmas. It's already 60% sold out. So, you know, once again, this is early November. Time travel. And um, <laughs> White Christmas is going to be opening soon, but when we're already 60% sold out. So, um, more than likely, by the time this airs, we will be completely sold out. We've already added two shows that are already selling quickly. So, um, sorry that you guys missed it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's exciting, and um, yeah, I guess that's all I have to say about hey, stuff. Hey, Q, I got a question for you. Well, so is yes. it? Um, do all the shows routinely sell out as fast as White Christmas does? Or is it no, more like a, um, a Christmas our, thing? No, it's a, it's our holiday shows. Our holiday shows always sell out, which is why we usually do. Um, family slash Christmas shows. It's just this okay. thing that has gone on at PTP for forever that people just love to come see shows at Christmas time. Um, but especially when it's the uh, big musical. So we used to do Christmas Carol every other year, but now we do it every three years. So this is the first time... Well, no, no. We did Christmas Carol last year. So um, this will be the f first year after White Christmas that another show will happen instead of Christmas Carol. But, um, okay. but so two years ago we did Annie. It was the same thing. It just freaking sells out um, super quickly. Now, Christmas Carol usually also sells out, but it doesn't sell out as fast as these bigger musicals. But uh, I've been saying it for years, but our audience has been, like, chomping at the bit for White Christmas. These people go freaking crazy when you mention that we're doing White Christmas. They're like, oh my gosh, when do I get tickets? I need to get tickets right now. And it's like, yeah, you do, because we're almost sold out, so... Yeah, because up, up here uh, in Ogden is the Terrace uh, Theater, which is where Eddie and um, his family did a lot of stuff. And they mm -hmm. they always do Christmas Carol every year. Um, and that's pretty much what keeps the thing afloat. <laughs> oh, well, so yeah, bad. I mean, the, the, the Christmas shows, the, the Christmas and the summer, we usually do like a big musical in the summer. Like the Christmas and the summer shows pretty much allow us to do whatever the F we want throughout, you know, for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, this past year is a little different in the fact that we got Hairspray, which sold also ridiculously well. So we're actually doing doing pretty well right now. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty common for a lot of theater companies is that, like, their Christmas season, because, like, a lot of families like to, to make a uh, tradition out of it. It's also oh, yeah. something that's pretty family-friendly most of the time when it's Christmas-oriented. So, oh, like, absolutely. Uh, I mean, there's a certain amount of risk involved in going to live theater sometimes for people who aren't necessarily akin to it. It's a it's a good gateway drug for getting people into the theater, because, like, mm -hmm. you know, one of the, my first theatrical experiences and part of the reason why I ended up backstage was my mom bought tickets to uh, the Nutcracker at Ballet West. And the problem was is that she got great seats because she bought them as soon as she saw the ad in the newspaper, which ended up putting us right on the front row. Well, the conductor had this big Einstein hair, and I was maybe four or five, so I couldn't see anything. So I ended up looking to the sides of the stage and above the stage more than I actually could see the actual stage, and that's where I learned that there are people doing things to make the show happen, and that's sort of like the slight stepping stone that led down the dark path that is my driveway now. Um, <laughs> So, uh, also on the dark path that is my driveway, uh, Evil Incarnate himself from Utah, we have Todd. Hi, it's Todd. You can find me on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast, and I'm looking to see if I can fire up the Grinder account for the show again, because why not? <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to manage that ship. 
So, um, I do not have any Christmas time shows going on. I do not have any other blogs or public facing things going on. Well, that's not for the public to know about <laughs> before Sorry. the day of. So, yeah, so, but you'll find me here and just reading the books and humming along and just staying just a little bit blissfully drunk. It'll be great today. <laughs> that's going to be me over the next three weeks until Christmas is over. Blissfully that's drunk. Fantastic. Blissfully. It's not, you know, when I was younger, I was more of a mean drunk. Brian yeah, you can were. attest to that. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> and it, it was kind of bad. And I apologize. I've apologized to my brother, but I need to apologize more. Yeah. So, but yeah, so it'll just be like a good blissful buzz. It'll be a good thing. Remind me to tell you off the air the horrible things my boss and I did last year during the holidays. All, All right. Like fun. Yay. Speaking of horrible things that happened last year over the holidays, hi, I'm Brian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a sound designer in Southern California with a uh, a regular job, which I guess I've, I was re- editing some episodes recently, and I was like, if you piece it together, you could get a fair idea as to where I work, but I, uh, I work for the Evil Empire, shall we say. Um, anyway, uh, so we are here to discuss the boys. Um mm-hmm. We also are, uh, we're going to drink while we do that. Um, depending on who you ask on this podcast, the drinks might be more or less necessary. Uh, so this is the time in which we give you a drinking game. And now for sports. Fanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sports. Listen up, sports fans. The thrill of victory. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. And the agony of defeat. Remember, it's only a game. And a dumb one at that. The human drama of athletic competition. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Rule one, the that's an odd catchphrase rule. Every time we Huey says jinx, take a drink. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Rule two, the I need an adult rule. Every time I feel a little uncomfortable the first time going, hmm, should that person be doing that? Go take a drink. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. And our final rule, the see you next Tuesday rule. Every time you read the, read the word cunt, go take a drink. I hope it was worth it, my friend, because you've got a night in the clink coming up. Well, cool. So those are your three rules of your drinking game. Uh, love it, enjoy it, live it. Um... So yeah, so we're we're getting overly efficient at these intros, I have to say. Like far less random conversations than we used to oh, have. We we fixed it wrong, we know that. <laughs> well, you're no longer from Doom's country, Brian. From Doom's country? Doctor Doom, you yep. know. He's the ruler of some Vania. Latveria. Latveria. Yes. Latveria. Uh-huh. Is that really his Doctor Doom's hometown? Yes, Latveria. it's a fiction, fictional country. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, he's he's the ruler. Yeah. I should see if I can get that. And apparently, people love him there. Oh, they do love, they? They love Kim Jong Un in North Korea too. Yeah. That's because they're required to by law. Putin. <laughs> no, I'm 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 trying to remember. I think there have been stories where people actually really do like him, in in the country. Did you know that on the border of North and South Korea, the South Koreans have these huge speakers and they just blare shitty K-pop into North Korea? <laughs> I mean, oh, hate South Korea too, then. Yeah, they, they, they go back and forth with wars, but they, yeah, they're just blaring like 
sigh the whole time. Wasn't it oh. um, uh, Waco, Texas, where they played Metallica to try to get the the David Koresh followers out of the uh, to like come out before the, the whole compound? thing? No, that's probably yeah. why they set the building on fire. Uh, maybe uh, that's oh. a whole other conspiracy theory we're not going to get into. Uh, there's enough politics going on right now as we record this. We can just avoid that. Except on my Facebook page, I just post pictures of hot guys who win their shirts off. Yay! Yeah, I don't. Well, so, so I was talking to <laughs> Q about this before we started recording. So I've been catching up on um, the uh, uh, oh, Saved by the Bell is on Netflix, uh, which is a terrible, terrible thing to realize. Uh, so I've been watching Saved by the Bell, and there is an episode that I, I thought was very funny, and I was like, I want to post this on Facebook, and then I'm like, no, I'm going to wait till after the election to post this. This is well after the election, so I'm either talking about a former presidential candidate or the soon-to-be sworn-in president of the United States in this regard, so mm-hmm. either way, whatever. Um, but so there's an episode where uh, Kel, or not Kelly, uh, Jesse Spano, you know, future stripper, is going to be, um, uh, she's going to be set up on a blind date, and she has like this dream fantasy thing where She's on a dating show for, like, nightmare blind dates. And her three options for the nightmare blind dates, like the blind dates from hell, are Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, and Donald Trump. Um, (laughs) And I was like, this would be very funny on Facebook. I'm surprised no one has noticed this yet. And I'm like, I am not going to say anything about this until the 9th of November. Uh, So, anyway, so now you've heard. think about it, of the three of them, I'd rather have Jason and Freddy grab my pussy over Donald Trump. So Um, You know, I mean... Freddie has a good sense of humor. Jason loves his mother. I mean, does really, love his mommy. You know, he does. he's like, a mama's boy. So it's like you could date a mama's boy. There's also, and this kind of does tie into some of my feelings about the boys, and I'm trying to ease the pain of the boys for Q a little bit, but it doesn't seem to be working. Uh, I figured bringing in some Save by the Bell might help, but Jesse Spano can't solve that broken heart. Um, <laughs> but, but there are definitely some things watching Save by the Bell that I was like, there is no fucking way you could get away with this now. And in some points in time, there are those like there are uncomfortable moments. Like there's an episode where Zach has Screech scuba dive at the bottom of the pool, take incognito photos of the girls, turn it into a calendar. And somehow then, and sells the calendar. And you, I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. But then you think about it, I'm like, these are underage girls. Like, Zach is taking photos of underage girls and then selling them on a calendar for like five bucks. Which, okay, the other students are buying it, that's one thing. But think of all the creepers that could be buying that calendar as well. And then it gets really spooky. Anyway. Mm-hmm. The amount of underage girls in swimsuits in Saved by the Bell is a little uncomfortable when you really think about it. And I just keep telling myself the actresses were probably of age when they made that show. Um, at least that's what makes me sleep better at night. Um, Good luck so, with that. Yeah, thank you for that. So, uh, so basically, this is we're heading into the point in time where we're going to pause so that you can uh, uh, read the book if you would like to. I know we're 50% on that. Uh, so I'll give you a brief summary of what this book is about. Basically, this book is about a CIA-backed firm um, that kind of helps keep superheroes in line because there's so many people in the world in which this book takes place that have superpowers. Uh, They've run a little bit rampant and are most of the time not I mean, outside of saving people, they're kind of horrible human beings um, and do horrible shit and these are the people who kind of um, have the strength and the uh, the knowledge to sort of uh, keep them in check and keep them from completely running rampant because there is a certain amount of fear of, you know, what happens if they realize that they are completely in control, then what shit would they really get into because, you know, what they've been doing up to this point in time is relatively minor, although it is horrible. That seemed like a fair, rough summary. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 
She would not agree with you reading it. I'm pretty certain Adam did not recommend it. I like it, but I have some reservations on it, um, which we will discuss after the break. Todd, I think, also likes it okay. I do. Uh, and so... Uh, I, w- I wanted like it. I love Garth Ennis. It just, yeah. well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So we'll get into a lot of it. I have a feeling it'll be a very interesting discussion after the break. Uh, but so if you would like to read this and know what it's uh, what it's all about for yourself before you start getting our opinions, then uh, go ahead and pause here and we will talk to you on the flip side. Oh, and it is also free on Comicsology Unlimited. The first trade. Yep, there you go. So it's free. So you can read it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you uh, on the other side. <laughs> If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. And this is where Q drinks copious amounts of shots. <gasps> yeah. Raspberries. <laughs> Actually, my drink today has raspberries in it. I specifically made it for Q. Nice. Very nice. So I think actually, Q, you would enjoy it. So it has raspberries in it. Of course, Q would enjoy it. I would assume. Yes. Did we lose Q? Yeah, we lost Q. Goodbye. Uh, Does he that sad about it? I think he is. I think he just gave up well, and walked away. It wouldn't be an episode if the phone didn't ring and we didn't lose Q. Yeah. That's right. True. Q, honey. Q. Q. <laughs> Q, it's time to wake up for school. Come on. Q, honey. wake up for grandma's. Q, honey. And there he goes. Blow jobs! Regretful blow jobs. Oh, honey. <laughs> oh, honey. Uh, Todd just did the oh, honey. Oh, boy. Regretful blow uh, jobs is playing at Warp Tour next year. Hello. Hello. Seriously. Like, I, touch, I touch the connection cord from the mic to the computer, and it's like, okay, no, no longer want to work. Don't touch me. Sounds like someone's drinking moonshine out of a mason jar. That might be Todd. That's me. No, it's you. <laughs> I'm drinking raspberries out of a 10-gallon tub. Ooh. Raspberries. Well, no, it's the, um, what is this? It's the, uh, what size is this? It's the gigantic size. Growler? Smirnoff. Oh. Oh, a handle? The, the 1.75 liter. <laughs> we, we call those which handles. Is, which... Which is which is my usual size of vodka. So, when pe- people usually get shocked by me drinking, I'm like, "This is regular sized." Like when they're little, I'm like, "Who bought me a wine cooler?" <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I used to I used to just buy it. I, I only really drink on my days off, you know. So like, I'll have a couple drinks at night, but not get drunk or anything. But I started buying the handles because they're you know, it's a lot cheaper and you can save money. It's it's more economical. I, I was just gonna say at the liquor store, uh, I we used to, me and my friends used to buy each other gift cards for twenty one fifty because that's how much a handle of vodka costs. <laughs> that's nice. That's so, awesome. So, so not, not very specific. So not the twenty dollars. You know twenty one fifty because that's how much it costs. There you oh go. My God. I've been drinking the Five Wives vodka today. Oh, did you go get some? I did. You know. I don't think it's that great, as vodka goes. Really? Yeah. For the price is, that, is that a distillery there? Yeah, it's, it's in Ogden. Uh, yeah. Adam used it for his Wicked and Divine cocktail. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I remember you guys talking about it. It is, but you know what? I like um, Stoli and Sky better than Five Wives, and that's cheaper. Yeah. Well, the the crappy, the crappy thing here is, you know, we have to do they do monthly sales on alcohol, and there are no. Vodka sales this month, like everything is like rum mm-hmm. and everything else. So, why I'm is the full rum price gone? for vodka? And I'm sad. 
Wait, wait, wait. Monthly sales? What is that? <laughs> so the liquor store, every single month, they put things on sale, and then that's on sale for the whole month. Oh, gotcha. So it's not like, you know, you, you don't go down to, like, your local Ralph's and, you know, they change the sales every week. So, you know, it starts on the 1st and runs through, like, this month the 30th, but... The only, like they've got uh, fifths of vodka on sale, but not you know the bigger ones. So I'm paying full price for vodka, and that pisses me off. I feel mm-hmm. like I need to like sink, sneak you guys booze in when I come to Utah or something like that. Like no, I seriously, feel- like, everyone always brings us back uh, Costco vodka because it's delicious. Costco vodka, really? No, seriously, Costco vodka is like Grey Goose. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a. I mean, have you had uh, Rika? No. It's a it's a vodka from Iceland. Uh, oh yeah, we have that here. Oh wait, yes, no, I've that's had actually, that. One. That stuff's really smooth, actually. Like you can. Hmm. I mean, it's it's like if you get it really cold, like it drinks like water. Like it's it's dangerously good, actually. Yeah. Well, our, our normal our normal vodka of choice uh, between me and the Martins is Svedka because Svedka is pretty good, and it's even when it's not on sale, it's twenty five bucks a bottle, so it's not yeah. too bad. Sure. So I, I like I never know it because we used to do lots and lots and lots of vodka tastings because you know, um, so 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 I don't know it, it was for science so I don't know if it's just because like it was what we were used to drinking but I've done multiple blind taste tests and I always choose Smirnoff really. So I this one's gonna I I don't know if it's just because that's the one that I'm just used to drinking so that's what tastes better. Like you know what I mean, yeah. or if you know, or if okay, yeah, this is the one that. But yeah, I've always sh- I've always chosen Smirnoff. The last time I had Smirnoff was at the very very first Fanex up here, and mm-hmm. we it was the first time we got a hotel room at the Monaco. Um, it was me, Eddie, and this is before we were rooming with Jeremiah, and Vice was still with us, and they did their little geek show show, and then everyone came back to our room, and we were drinking more there, drinking more there, and then like. I remember Jeff was sitting, was standing up against the wall, and we're like, "Do you want to sit down?" He's like, "Nope," because if I sit down, I'll pass out. <laughs> and I was sitting there, and I, I had this was 2014, yeah, 2014 or no, yeah, I had not thrown up from drinking since I was like 21, and all of a sudden I'm sitting there, I'm like, "Nope, it's gonna happen," and so I can officially say that the Geek Show broke me and made wow. me puke. And that hadn't happened for, you know, 15 years. Nice. <laughs> the last thing I threw up alcohol-related was Ice 101. I was off mint for two years. They're like, oh, do you want this? No. It's like, oh, mint will settle your stomach. I'm broken. Please get that away from me. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not with, uh, with barbecue potato chips because I got sick one time when I was a kid after eating those and I can't mm-hmm. eat them anymore. I can't do that with cherry flavored fruit snacks. I had too many as a kid, and I just anything cherry flavored, like not actual cherries, but the artificial cherry flavor, I can't stand. Like I that cannot do it with at all. Me and pussy. Oh really? That's what yeah, happened. Yeah, I, I get in the air now, and just, I, it makes me want to puke. You just you, you just ate too much of it as a child. I did. Yeah. You know, and you just, you, I took it home. I put it in like, <laughs> you know, leftovers, and just, there was too much there, and. Finally, you have to reheat it before you eat it, man. I know. <laughs> okay. Gross. Gross. Yeah, because if you just have the gravy, it gets all like, clotted and stuff. It's like, gross. Uh, oh, did you, did you see that? Did, the cute, did I post that on your page? The the gays for Hillary? Oh, that was the, amazing. The over a big cock for the first time? Yes, yes. Just this once? Yes. <laughs> yeah, just this, just this one. I don't think it was big cock. I think it was big I mean, dick, wasn't it? Big dick, yeah. That's what yeah. It was. However, I am not giving up my gold status for anything, so my gold star status. What's that? I don't even know what that is. I'm a, I'm a gold star gay. I've only ever made out with a woman before. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it common for, for guys to have at least, like, hooked up with one female? 
I mean, for the, I mean, yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know, I don't know, like, quote, how common that is, but, I mean, I just literally have no interest. Well, like, if, it was, if it was rare enough that you were a gold star gay, I mean, I was just curious if that term was Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure that at one point it was rare just because, you know, lots of dudes in the closet yeah. had still got married, so I'm sure it's, it's a fairly old phrase, gotcha. but, um, I mean, like, these, these days, I'm pretty sure that with all the kids... You know, all the all the cute little gay kids these days. Yeah. Um, that there there's probably more gold star gays. Well, or 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 there could not be because listen, all these little kids also are all about just gender and sexual fluidity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, whatever y'all, you just you live your life. Well, in that case, then Q and I, we are both gold star gays because I've only ever made out with a girl too. Yes. Yay, Gold Star. Gold Star Powers Unite. Oh my yes. god, that should that should be the name of our podcast. Gold Star Gays. <laughs> oh god. Uh, I think we haven't bought the domain yet, so <laughs> I just registered it on Facebook. <laughs> so I, uh, I always forget, do any of does any of this actually get back into the show or are we just bullshitting? Uh, I normally most of this stuff probably will end up back in the show. Um <laughs> The, the shot stuff I sometimes cut out because I haven't been doing the little extra shot yeah. dance thing, but most of the rest of the stuff is actually pretty interesting. And then what normally I'll do is, like, I'll I'll use the strange segue time to cut into our Jeremiah segment, which I need to harass him about next month because I sent him a couple text messages, but he has not responded because he's too cool to talk to me right now. Yeah, he's got a migraine today. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, he's, oh. on, he's on muscle relaxers and mimosas. Oh, well, you tell him when he sobers up. I love him, and I would like to record with him again at some point in time. And I sent him a list of the books we're doing. Um, yeah. I had a mimosa for lunch today at Even Stevens Sandwich Shop. Even Stevens? Sundays, $3 mimosas. I was just across the street from you, so I was just up at Wasatch. I mean, is it Andre's? I don't know what Andre's is. Sorry, we're missing it. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Andre's is the cheap champagne that's like Uh, $10 for a bottle. It's $3 mimosa. Who cares? Because cheap, cheap champagne, definitely. I drank too much of it as a child. Um, <laughs> if you were raised Mormon, that wouldn't surprise me about you, but I know better than that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, like the, the cheaper champagne, it's like, to me, so wine always gives me a little bit of a headache. So it's never like debilitating, but it's always like, oh yeah, I had wine yesterday. Mm. Um, and the cheap champagne does that to me, but champagne, good champagne does not. Mm-hmm. My favorite champagne is from my hometown uh, in California, Temecula, and um, the wineries down there, and they have it's the Wilson Creek Wineries, and they've got an almond champagne, so they just yeah. do the champagne at almond flavoring. But That's we were down there. the champagne that I drink almost all the time if I drink champagne at yeah. all. Yeah, and actually we were really excited because I actually have it up here now, so for like Christmas or New Year's, whatever, we always get some. But we were down there with most my friends, and we went to some wine tastings, and they actually have a bunch of different flavors, and they're okay. But they have a, a drink they do called the Almond Joy, where they mix the almond champagne with a port, like a really uh-huh. dark port, and it tastes like an almond joy. It's the craziest thing in the world. That's um, awesome. And it gets you drunk. <laughs> There's a, a winery in Yorba Linda, California, where... Um, there's some restaurants that only have a liquor license enough for wine because that's easier to get in California. Oh, that's also uh, Utah, so. Well, yeah. So what they end up doing is they actually make wine that tastes like alcoholic beverages. So they have a wine that tastes like uh, a Cosmopolitan, and they have one that tastes like a Mojito. Um, they do some interesting stuff. That sounds like t- that sounds like too much chemicals in my cocktail. <laughs> it's actually not chemicals as much as like it, it, I mean, they make it right there. It's just the blends of wine of, of grapes and stuff like that that they're using. Mm. Um, but it's, I mean, they do a lot of actually interesting stuff. But it's kind of it's interesting. It's 
It's family run business where the two kids make all the wine during the day and then the parents run the wine bar at night and sell the bottles of wine. Um, and three year olds stepping on grapes. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but no, I mean, it's, it's actually pretty good stuff. And I'm trying to, I think it's the winery on main street. If you're ever looking for it, if you're in Southern California, uh, they're, 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 they're really cool to hang out with. They, they'll like custom make bottles for your wedding and stuff like that. Like they're actually really, really cool. Um, and they make good stuff. So I, I actually mean for something local nearby, if you're in, in the orange County area, definitely worth checking out. Um, sure. so there you go. Uh, we talked about booze more on this episode than we normally do. Congratulations to us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it keeps the world going round. It does. It does indeed. Warning. You're entering spoiler territory. Don't say I didn't warn you. Well, so we're at that point in time where we normally do a, uh, a, a summary would you like to do the uh, the summary, or would you like someone else to do it? I mean, okay, so I, 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 I can I can do it. Lightning round begins now. All right, so the boys. It uh, starts off with um, so we are introduced to the butcher. We don't really know who he is yet. And then there's Huey, and he's falling in love with his girlfriend. And then superheroes attack, and his girlfriend is crushed, and he's pissed, and. Then uh, the butcher is meeting with the lady, and he's like, oh, we're getting the boys back together. So you kind of find out that the boys are this government-funded organization that kind of keeps the superheroes in line. Apparently, there is something that has happened previously where they had to be disbanded, which is all kind of ominous. So the first couple issues are uh, Billy the Butcher getting everybody back together. There's Mother's Milk. There's the Frenchman, the female, and uh, Wee Huey, who... Um, he picks him up because he's been hurt by the neglect of the superheroes, and therefore he has a personal vendetta and has a passion in, in what yeah. they're doing. But he also was so, given the choice to be paid out for it, and he declined and said, I don't really want money. He's like, you know, that's, he, he's not about yeah. that. So he's he would be a person getting into this for pure motives, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So, on the other side, then, we're introduced to, uh, the superheroes were introduced to the Seven, who are sort of the Justice League, um, as most of these kind of comics do. They use the old archetypes of, uh, superheroes. And we're introduced to their, so they're introducing a new member named Starlight, who we find out has to give, uh, blowjobs to all of the members in order to become a team, because sexual assault is awesome. So, the rest of it is, you know, you find out that supers really are a bunch of douchebags. Um, not that the boys are really any better, it's just the boys at least know what it is that they're doing. They're trying to keep the supers in line, whereas the supers are just doing whatever the fuck they want to. Um, so in order to announce their presence, the boys decide to fuck with the teenage group called Teenage Kicks, who you find out have sex with each other and have all kinds of issues and mental problems and all this stuff, so they expose them. Uh, they get in a fight with them where we Huey accidentally kills one of their members and sort of announces the fact that they're back. The Seven kind of get nervous because obviously with the boys being back it means that they may or may not be able to continue business as usual. And um, that's kind of it really. Uh, one little small addition, uh, it, well two small additions. One is is that the girl who unfortunately has to uh, give blowjobs to the seven ends up meeting Huey in a um, 
uh, at a park bench in Central Park, and so so they hit it off without knowing who the other and is. And that eventually pay, plays in later. And the other one is is that Wee Huey is injected with a serum that basically gives him superpowers, so he is able to fight with the superheroes. Compound V. So, so, so two things about that. Number one, um, so Compound V is what is given to all the people who join the boys um, to give them superpowers in order to fight the, the supers. And you find out that Compound V is actually a government-created thing that they have been using for a long time, which is what originally gave people superpowers regardless of what origin story the government comes up for them. And then that's alters people's DNA and then they have children and that's how all these other people have gotten superpowers. Um, but also, so speaking of Compound V, this is a nice segue into my cocktail, which I am calling Compound V. It is a cocktail where there is nothing but booze in it. There is no... <laughs> There is no mixers. There is no chasers. He's not fucking around, y'all. Um, originally, this cocktail is called the Aunt, the Aunt Roberta because she's a fancy lady. Um, but I'm recalling it the uh, Compound V. It is one shot of brand, brandy, three shots of vodka, two shots of absinthe, one and a half shots of gin, and a shot of blackberry liqueur. Again, shake that shit up, pour it into a glass, and try not to die. <laughs> or, so either one, you're going to die, much like the butcher's wife you found out uh, where she tries to give birth to a superhero, or I don't think she tries you're to give going birth, to... She gets raped and, and then this... Well, and by, I'm, I mean trying to give birth in the term of she's trying, like, the baby is trying to come out of her and it yeah. rips out of her and kills like her. Like you do. Um, as, as a super fetus does. Or two, you might develop superpowers. Yeah. As a super fetus does, does might be my new favorite <laughs> phrase. Super fetus. Yeah. You should call your old roommate, Brian. I've oh, got God. a name for you. <laughs> oh, my God. So I had a roommate named Fetus. At least that's what we called him. So Fetus was incredibly short. And um, he had an umbilical cord. He did not have an umbilical cord, but unfortunately, uh, so he kind of falls into a sad stereotype to a certain extent. Uh, he was terrified that, uh, like, he, he when he was, I, I was roommates with him my second year of college. It was his first year of college, and he came and moved in like the first week for like one of those, uh, you know, get to know campus, you know, freshman orientation bullshit things. So he gets to his room first, and he is terrified. He talks about the entire time that he is terrified that his roommate is going to be gay, right? So his roommate is a guy named Christian who went by K-Dog for a while. He was a white Rasta dude. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so K-Dog comes, drops off his stuff, and then leaves. Well, so we decide that we're going to fuck with Fetus. So we go and we buy um, at Walmart on sale was a Justin Timberlake poster from NSYNC. So we bought that poster and we put it up on K-Dog's wall. So as soon as uh, Fetus walks in the front door, he sees that poster and loses his shit, right? So he's really nervous. So Christian walks in, he's like, what the fuck is this? And takes it down. So then we, the poster made its rounds, but eventually ended up back on Fetus's wall. So Fetus... Um, he would go home every weekend because he had this love of his cat. Like, this a weird, obsessive, like, he couldn't be away from his cat for that long. Are so you he, sure he wasn't gay? Well, see, that's the punchline of the story. Oh. He so did. Wait a spoiler warning it. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so what we, would, what we would do, well, I'll cut that out so no one is, is surprised by this. Uh, so 
what we would do is every time he'd go out of uh, out of town, we would put something else on his wall. Uh, normally, like a semi-naked dude. Like I remember there was a picture. It was an advertisement of three Asian men in a sauna, and we wrote on it, "You can cut the sexual tension with a knife." And we pasted that on his wall. Um, <laughs> we put like we we had like a sticker of like a squirrel with giant nuts that said, "Do you like my nuts?" We put that on his wall. Um, we and then I ended up flirting with a girl who worked at a local record store, and she gave me a bunch of advertisements for a bunch of bands, and so. We would like put stuff on his wall like we had a I think it was a Backstreet Boys like logo and we signed it to the best lay in Logan, Utah. Thanks so much. Love the Backstreet Boys or whatever. And we put that on his wall. Well, he left all this shit up there and he just kept saying, well, it's because I, I love the fact that my roommates love me so much. Right. <laughs> so after his first semester, his parents basically gave him the ultimatum of you can either keep your car which was a, I think a Scion or something no, no, like that. No, no, It was a Jetta. That's right. It was his Jetta. He loved his Jetta. He could keep his Jetta or and go back to, uh, closer to home and go to Weber State. Or he could, um, or he could uh, you know, sell the Jetta and stay in school. And so he decided, because he missed his cat and wanted to be closer to home, he decided to go down to Weber State. Well, so the funny thing was, is about three or four months after that, he came out of the closet moved in with his boyfriend and to my knowledge they've been together ever since but it was so it was that sad cliche of like him being super homophobic and then turning out to actually be gay i think my favorite thing with fetus is you had a spray bottle for when he was misbehaving (laughs) 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 and his alarm clock was one of the alarm clocks where you could record a sound and it would play back to you and there was another girl in the building named amstar Amber is her name. Amber. Amber. And he would warm up and he would say Amber in the most obnoxious way possible, but he would take like 20 minutes warming up saying it over and over again. And he would re-record it every single night. It was amazing. We recorded over it a couple times, like, fuck you and blah, blah, blah. Yes. um, He also ended up in the shower with his underwear on and shoving a soap up his ass, too. That's right. That was when he was really, really drunk. Because he also had, like, a best friend who was, like, a model who who was really drunk and decided that she she was, like, she wanted me to be aware of what um, breast implants felt like. It was really awkward. Um, Anyway. Mm -hmm. But the other, I don't know why we got done to talking about my weird college roommates. You but brought it up. I, I don't think I did. I think you brought it up, actually. Maybe I did. Um, but, uh, so he also had this thing where, like, before he went to bed every night, he'd have to, he would scream across the walls, like, I ya you, which was supposed to be, I love you. And if you didn't respond, I ya you back, he would not go to sleep. He would be pissed. So there's one night he was in a fight with uh, our roommate, uh, Nancy, mm-hmm. uh, whose, whose real name was... Nancy. Yeah. Let's call him Nancy. Nancy is good. So, so, um, so anyway, so they were fighting, and so he's trying to go to bed, and he says, I yeah, you! And there was no response. And he says it again. And then you hear, like, I hear, like, the door open, him stomp down the hall, bang on the door. Nancy opens the door, and he's just staring at him, glaring, going, I yeah, you! Like, he would (laughs) not go to bed until he said it. Anyway, Fetus is an interesting cat. Um, Seems like the weirdest person I've ever not met. (laughs) I love having so many roommates because now that I've got a life partner, no matter the shit I do or the partner does, it doesn't compare to what they used to do. And I'm like, you know, I might be kind of shitty, but I'm not that shitty. That's true. See? Don't you love me, babe? And she's like, well, I guess you have a point. (laughs) Okay. 
Well, oh, so that's that seriously was like the saddest, most weird story. <laughs> what was sad about it? I mean, oh, no. uh, that poor kid, obviously just confused with his life. Obviously, all kinds of misplaced emotions. Well, he figured and, out though. He's, he's, he's. I mean, and that's fine. I'm just saying, like, what a weirdo. <laughs> like that poor thing. The weirdest thing was he would go on trips to abortion clinics for fun. <laughs> because his name was Fetus. That, that took a dark, dark fucking turn, really. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, speaking of dark turns, we read the boys. We did read the boys, and speaking of dark turns, I'm going to do my cocktail now. Uh, okay. So, uh, my cocktail, I think, probably is, is just what Q needs right now. It's called The Suffering Bastard. Um, <laughs> Wait, didn't you already do that one I don't once? think I did The Suffering Bastard. I think I, I did The Corpse Revival, which is my other favorite drink. Um, I could have sworn that we did a suffering bastard on here. I think once I've discussed before. it, but I, haven't, I don't think I've done it. Um, if I have done it, I will cut this part out of the show. I will go back and look, but I'm pretty certain I haven't done it. <laughs> but someone did suffering bastard for bitch planet. I'm just saying right now. Fuck, I'll look up uh, another one. Yeah, okay. we should have a uh, wiki on what we've done. <laughs> Wait, uh, it's called our blog. It's called our blog. <laughs> Fuck. That's I mean, fantastic. So, I'll yeah. look up another drink, son of a bitch. That's right, you suffering bastard. <laughs> hey, I found out I'm a bastard from like 10 generations ago. It's awesome. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, movie, well, should we just do cocktails now since we're yeah. Yeah. at that point? Uh, Adam or Todd, take your pick. I'll throw mine out really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mine's called a Red Robin, um, named after poor Huey's deceased girlfriend. Uh, okay. Um, and also, I made it made it four for Q. So Q, please try this and tell me what you think. Um, okay. So you, you take four raspberries. Raspberries. Uh, you muddle them in a mixer, add two parts vodka, one part lemon juice, one part grapefruit juice, one part simple syrup, a splash of ginger syrup. You shake the shit out of that, strain it into a cocktail glass, and you top with club soda. Okay. And uh, grapefruit zest if you have that handy. Mm. I always keep some great poop zest on hand. But it gives it gives kind of like a nice like reddish slash corpse looking thing to it because it's got the little bits of raspberries in there. So nice. Well, my drink it would apply later in the series more so, but it's here. It's called Mother's Milk. So Mother's Milk: one ounce Goldschlager, one ounce butterscotch schnapps, and one ounce milk. You um, shake over ice, so shake the shit out of it, and then strain into two shot glasses and drink it that way. It's pretty tasty. I enjoy it. Cool. So yeah, mother's milk. So you drink a lot of those, and this book is good, even without it. Uh, that being said, I have a cocktail uh, that hasn't been used, Q, just for you. Um, this is uh, the A Train cocktail, which I looked up while we were recording this, <laughs> um, and it is uh, it's one and a quarter ounce of absolute citron, a half ounce of absolute vodka. Two ounces of grapefruit juice, two ounces of cranberry juice. You shake over ice, you pour into a Collins glass, and you top off with club soda, and you garnish with a lemon wedge. Um, and uh, there is uh, the A train. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It is now time for another transmission of comic book history with Professor Maya. The boys. Have you read the whole series? I have, yes, absolutely. I I have not. I read about the first two trades worth, but in issues, I think I read about the first 12 issues. And again, it was one of those I suffered from I read too much shit and had to drop drop stuff. 
Uh, Boys is a, uh, it's a superhero book, but what if the superheroes were all not just evil, but just assholes? Like, in DC, you get, you know, you have your Earth 3, where the Justice League are, are evil, but no, the boys are, like, what if they're just complete assholes that, like, sexual deviants, drunks, druggies, just rotten people, and the boys are, are a team that's tasked with keeping those assholes in line. Did a little bit of research on this, actually, and, uh, something that I hadn't known is that originally when it was coming out, Garth Ennis, who uh, uh, has written everything also, he, uh, but but something that you may be familiar with most recently is Preacher, because there's the TV show, and uh, found a quote here that says that Ennis said that the boys would out-preacher Preacher, which I would presume meaning out-violencing and, uh, and out-sexing Preacher, but uh, here's a weird thing also about the boys, and this, this might have kind of been what kind of got me to stop reading. The first six issues were put out by DC through their Wildstorm imprint, and then it got canceled. And then and then a couple of months later, Dynamite picked it up and finished out the series from there. And I think I kind of lost interest. I mean, like, I still got the issues for another three or four after that, but I think I kind of lost interest when I wasn't getting it monthly for a little while there. But uh, I'm, I'm glad Dynamite picked it up. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about the rest of the uh, series. It's been optioned as a TV show. Uh, it's actually not been optioned. In, it's in development. Uh, yeah, no, Deadline reported that Cinemax has greenlit the series. The showrunners are Seth Rogen, uh, his collaborator on, like, Pineapple Express, This Is the End, all those movies, Evan Goldberg, and Eric Kripke, who created Supernatural. I am, I am in. I am so in on that. <laughs> it's just, I'm sad that it's on Cinemax instead of something... Not Cinemax. <laughs> Back to the boys. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we've kind of talked about it there. But if you wanna, if you want more stuff from uh, Derek Robins, Robert Robertson, man, I can't talk. Uh, and Garth Ennis, uh, I'd say probably the thing that Derek Robertson is probably most well known for, besides the boys, uh, would be Tran- Transmetropolitan uh, with Warren Ellis. Um, and then he's also, I mean, they they've collaborated, uh, not him and Warren Ellis, uh, but. Derek Robertson and, and Garth Ennis have collaborated on, uh, they did the Fury uh, Max series. They did some Punisher Max, and then if you're a fan of Punisher, if you like John Barenthal on Daredevil, and uh, and uh, I, w- I would honestly say that you have Garth Ennis to thank for that, because when Garth Ennis uh, did Punisher Max back in the 2000s, uh, that's kind of what brought, brought the character back to life, because he had been in Limbo kind of forever. Uh, he did, well, I guess it started with as a Marvel Knights series, which was like a Teen Plus book, uh, and then they switched it to Punisher Max, which was then an adult book, very much an adult book. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're a fan of Punisher, uh, I recommend checking that out, because uh, you have him to thank for kind of revitalizing the character. Um, I'm going to sidetrack, not really sidetrack, but kind of go in a different direction real quick with Garth Ennis. Um... If you're a fan of World War II, so is Garth Ennis. He has written a series, uh, there's a, uh, a bunch of mini-series, mini-series? <laughs> English, it's a great language. <laughs> Mini-serai? Um, from Dynamite called Battlefields. And all they are is war stories. Uh, it's not, it's not like your typical, like, Garth Ennis and, you know, you think you're Preacher and the Boys, where it's just overly violent and overly sexual and over, overly vulgar. Um, 
Now, these may have sex or violence or vulgarities in them, but they're not that typical, like Garth Ennis style. They're just like full-on World War II stories. Um, I, if you're a fan, if you're a fan of World War II, I'm kind of a history buff when it comes to World War II. Not that these are based on actual stories, <laughs> uh, but they're 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 fun fun books to read as well. I, I haven't read everything. I've just read a couple, you know, here and there. Um, from my understanding, is it is uh, you know just kind of their each mini series is its own is its own story, um, and they they give you dates of when it happens in the war. Now they may happen during actual events, or they may be their own made up events during the war but uh, uh, they're 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 awesome World War two tales he is a man that loves to write his war comics uh, war comics and I'd say horror comics we don't see really anymore uh, and I love I love oh man I love me some horror comics <laughs> now we know and knowing is half the battle we'll get down into the nitty-gritty I'm gonna say before we get into this I understand where there are some issues with it and I'm curious as to what but um, uh, Adam and Q's issues with it are. Um, however, I will say it does feel a little dated at certain points in time. Uh, one of which, for me, being the uh, treatment of homosexuality, and it does not feel mo- like it would ever fly modern this way. Because at one point in time, they have a superhero that they out for being gay, and I don't think in any modern comic book anyone would give a shit. Um, mm-hmm. Or any in actual modern culture. There's also, in one shot, you can actually see the Twin Towers, which is a little bit kind of like, oh, that's super dated as well. Um, the thing I, th- I feel, this is kind of what I feel about this book in general, is Garth Ennis, who also wrote Preacher, mm-hmm. I feel like he he writes an interesting story, but a lot of the stuff he puts around it is, is rough around the edges and hard to get through. And I feel like Preacher might actually be an easier introduction into the story in a weird, fucked up way. I feel like this one starts off really harsh, but I feel like as the story goes on, and unfortunately I'm talking about the entire series um, past this book as well, I feel like it, the story goes very interesting places, but... Um, I, I agree that there are like everyone is kind of a douchebag in this book uh, to a certain degree or another um, but I feel like it's sort of highlighting and getting you started in, like into this world where there really are no saints and people are kind of trying like the boys are trying to fight evil in a world that's kind of fucked up the language is messed up there there is some misogyny in there that's pretty terrible um, but that's also trying to highlight how shitty the superheroes are um, kind of like i mean similar to the pro and things like that so like those events i understand some disagreements with but i i feel like the deep down the story of uh these people trying to keep bad people in check i think ultimately gets very interesting um further out than this this story alone is so i think that i will i'm probably unfairly liking this book by itself because i know the entire series and i do like the entire series but i'm curious as to uh todd and adam uh your thoughts on this I'm sorry, Q and Adam. Yeah, I'll do the rebuttal. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess my, my biggest problem was... Um, so, this... I, I love Ennis, like I said before. I, you know, walk, uh, Preacher, this, um, and even Crossed. And, you know, the things in this book that really... That annoyed me and bugged me and kind of <clears throat> got stuck in my craw. It wasn't even like the violence... And other stuff because I mean if you if you've ever read Crossed I mean this this pales in comparison I mean this is like mm-hmm. a nursery rhyme compared to that and that doesn't bug me I mean I'm not I'm not a prude in that way um, I guess I've always had a problem with this and specifically like, I think of the movie Party Monster that was one of the few movies I walked out of because one I didn't have to review it so you know that was that was a long time ago uh-huh. I have a really really hard time reading or watching things where there really for me feels that like there's no one to root for 
Okay. Um, like Huey and Annie, the only really quote unquote good people in this in this series so far, and everyone else, like you mentioned, even the good guys, you know, the boys, the ones fighting against superheroes, they're just as fucked up and horrible as the other people are. They're just, mm-hmm. you know, they're supposedly on our side. Um, I, I like the idea of you know, hey, the superheroes kind of do their own thing and they don't give a shit because they're superheroes. But it just it's it was just spectacle and you know over-the-top violence and sex for the purpose of being over-the-top. And if you're going to use that for a point or to make something come across, that's excellent, and that's what Cross did. Uh, but I have to have someone to root for. i got to have, a, you know, and, and Huey's great every so often, but even he, until the end, is kind of this milk toast. oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Even at the end, he doesn't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So that just kind of bugged me, and... I really the book felt like a slog. Like nothing really happens for the first three issues, anyways. I mean, until you get to the the cherry part, what was it called the yeah cherry was the middle the three uh-huh. four five six mm-hmm. where we actually start things happening. Um, I get you've got to introduce the story and tell people you know and and introduce the characters and show where they're coming from. But when you know we look at the wicked and the divine, which we just did, which was absolutely amazing, and you know did that so well that from the first two pages you can't wait to see what happens next uh this doesn't feel like that i mean this book isn't i mean it's it's 10 years old it came out in 2006 uh so it's it's not like it was in the dark ages of comics it's not like when we did uh preacher where you could be like oh yeah this this is good but it feels like it's 20 years old this mm-hmm. was modern times i mean this was the end of the bush era into obama um and so it's Things were taking a turn for you know well for the worst in this country until it got better, um, but yeah, there's just it, it felt like a slog. I didn't want to. I mean, I finished it because I had to. I didn't hate it like nearly as much as I hated Boba Bo, um, uh-huh. but it's one that I'm glad I didn't pay for it because I never want to read the rest of it. I got you. I'm curious, like, because you did say it was 2006. I just but pulled like, it up on uh, Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah, it's 2006. Is Which what. is weird, though, because I'm, I swear, I'm double-checking now, but I swear that there is a shot of New York City and there is the Twin Towers. Towers are, yes, there is. There's a storyline talking about that. Is it? Oh, so oh, is this really? Going? Later on? Later on, so it was going through the hubris of the Seven and trying to stop something. They um, have the towers in there. They stop one plane but not the other, so one tower goes down and the other second one is left standing. So, were these just published far apart or was it like they were talking yeah, about a story because, three months before? Well, they were, they, what happened was like they published it um, and then the first six were out. Mm-hmm. DC got pissed because of how uh, like anti-superhero it was, so they uh-huh. shut it down for a while and it came back on Dynamite. Um, uh, later on, on Dynamite, yeah. So, okay, it was, so it was, the it was first edition might have been published before the towers actually fell. And no, then, no, the no. towers fell in 2001. Yeah, that's why I was like, so this didn't come out that early. No, like, so it's an alternative history kind of deal. Is oh, is it? it is. Yeah. Okay. So what's going on there? But yeah, it was under the Wildstorm imprint. And okay. then DC got cold feet and says, you know, maybe this isn't the thing for us. So it moved to Dynamite. But, you know, they even recognized it enough is... Um, Garth Ennis was under contract with DC as a DC exclusive, but they allowed him to continue writing it with Dynamite, even mm-hmm. though they had released it and he was still under contract. So gotcha. they were going, yes, this isn't the content for the DC umbrella. However, you can keep going as a as a deal. So that's kind of a interesting way to look at that. I'm, yeah. 
And I, 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 the one thing interesting, um, Adam, this sort of little side note is, um, mm -hmm. I actually really like Party Monster to the point where I've actually read the book as well and seen other documentaries about that whole story. And so I, it, it is interesting that I can see where, like where you like that movie or you didn't like that movie and I did, where we would have a very big divide on because I, I feel like, I guess just playing devil's advocate a little bit, if we Huey was either super whip smart or was a super good guy, um, he wouldn't fit in with this group. Like he'd abandon almost immediately and you'd have no story. Uh, so I feel like unfortunately because there are so many people who are kind of shitty, everyone kind of has to be at least a little bit shitty. Um, well, but the thing with him though is he, he keeps on making up his mind. He can't, he's like, he leaves, he comes back, he leaves, he comes back. I mean, right. even in that sense, he's not really feeling part of this group and honestly I, I do want to go back and watch Party Monster again because I have a lot of people who like it and maybe I was just in a bad mood you know when I because that happens you go see a movie and you're like oh this is shit well, I mean I'm not saying you're wrong and thinking there is no one to root for I don't I don't think there is anyone to root for in that movie I just mm -hmm. there's something about I, 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 I there's something interesting about that movie that I like um the, the book is is an interesting read as well um, especially as a you know how to on it like, sort of like I don't know if you read the book blow but book book blow is like oh, yeah. how to smuggle drugs in the 1970s like it tells you everything and the book of party monster is almost like a how to do club drugs in the in the mid 90s you know like that was basically like it, it talks uh, and being a you know boring suburban kid there's lots of stuff in there that I would never experience from on my own so I'm kind of happy to read it that way. Um, yeah. Well, and by all means, I should love that movie because I love Seth Green and Macaulay Culkin. So, yeah. there's a, for me that that should be something I should just latch on to. But again, I could have just been in a bad mood, and, you know, and I just need to revisit it. But I have a, I have a thing where I have a very very hard time enjoying something where at least I don't have someone to root for. And yeah, we Huey, I could root for him. I could root for Anne, Annie for a little bit because you feel bad for her, mm -hmm. but you know, is that what we want in a comic? Is a, a superhero you can feel bad for? Um, weird question for you on a similar thought process. What's your mm -hmm. feeling on the movie uh, Three Kings? Oh, God, I've never seen it, you know? I've, so, actually, I've so, never seen it. <laughs> one of the things that surprised me about the movie Three Kings is I saw it with my mom, and it's an R-rated movie, so I was surprised I saw it with my mom in the first place. But, like, mm -hmm. I felt a little bad because, like, it. the thing about it is is it's it's three soldiers who, um, one of them is played by um, George Jones. Clooney. Um, one of them Spike Jones, um, the director. And That's I can't true. remember his Ice Cube is the third one. And basically, they find out there's a stash of gold that the Iraqis have hidden. It's during the first Iraqi war, second Iraqi mm -hmm. war? It was during um, Desert Storm, yeah. Desert yeah. Storm. And so they decide that they're going to go... It's also directed by Danny Boyle, who I it's love his stuff. Gamer, too. No. Three Kings was done by the guy who did um, Fighter. David O. Russell. David O. Russell. Fighter and Joy. Is it David o okay, never mind. Yeah. yeah so anyway. David O. Russell. Uh, David O. Russell. Anyway, but so they decide that they're going to go steal this, this gold. Well, so they go to steal this gold, and they find that... And, and so, I mean, basically, these guys are out to commit a crime. You know what I mean? They're out to go steal from people. And when they go there, they find out that there's, like, basically some, like, a, a uh, sort of a guerrilla warfare group that basically was going to take over this town and torture all the people. So they, after they've left with all the gold, they decide, you know, their consciences change, and they go back and decide to do right. So really, ultimately, there are no good characters to begin with. But the thing is, so when I watched it with my mom, I thought she'd hate it. But the thing is, eventually, all these characters decide to do the right thing. Um, you know, and they have a change of heart and they decide to, you know, do what's right. So even though they don't start out, you know, as good people. And I'm wondering if over the overall course of the boys, it falls more into that category than Party Monster. Because I, I feel like knowing how the story turns out, I, I mean, and that's the thing is I think I'm going to be in danger on this particular episode in discussing the single book based on the fact that I, I like the whole. Um, and this individual, this individual book 
there isn't a lot of retribution for anyone because it's an introductory book. You know, what I mean, everyone kind of starts out as assholes. Mm. Um, well, right, and I, I think that's you know, it was I, you know, in time travel, we recently reviewed Doctor Strange the movie, and uh-huh. you know, I mentioned that there is a bit of originitis, but they do it well, where you're kind of zipped along, things happen, and you're introduced to the character and his powers very, very quickly in a way that makes sense and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, much same again. We're gonna go back to Wiccan Divine. They did the same thing with the gods or and you know the different divine creatures coming down and becoming human and their powers and everything else and you couldn't wait to see what happens next so i look at this as okay so yes this is the first six issues of a long what, 73 or 72 issue run Something like that yeah it's 12 collections so if you're if you're doing an intro story um i'm sorry but there's no excuse for making it to where there's i mean you can at least have some kind of uh denouement or climax to kind of you know, you could say I guess the one uh, we he would kill in the one super superhero, and then having the funeral form and everything else. But you you could still have somewhat of a story arc, and you know, like complete that, and then still have your overarching main storyline going, which yeah. other comics have done well. So for me, there really is no excuse, um, just for Ennis, who knows how to write really really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kind of thing where. Okay, so you put your first six issues out, and you plan to do a collection that big. And it just—I don't know. It just felt like it didn't like go anywhere to the third issue. They wasted time, and maybe, like you said, in the overall scheme of things, that mm-hmm. there is a really cool story, and you know, justice happens, and that could be very true. But you gotta hook me in the first six issues, or I'm not gonna read anymore. Because I'm gonna—I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go and spend real money on these things. Gotcha. So. No, I think you're right, and I, I think, um, uh, and also talking about that, I think one of the best things out right now, at least the first season of Flash, I think handles incredibly well having an overarching story for the entire season, but then each individual episode has its own story that's also strong, um, and I can see where this lacks in, in what you have there. Yeah, and I can I can see what people would like it, because again, I, I like the idea. Uh, the writing, it's good writing. I mean, Ennis is always good with that, um, but it just for me, it's it's not something I'm excited to go look more at. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because again, it's it is I can see why it's good and why people are into it, um, but it's just not something that I can tell I'd be into. Gotcha. Which Q, is sad been, because again, I I love Ennis. So yeah. So Q, you've been shockingly silent. I'm I'm I'm, I'm preparing myself for what you have to say. What's your thoughts? For? Vodka. I mean, I honestly don't even have that much to say. Uh-huh. Um, the character of Annie, which I did read a quote by Garth Ennis, mm-hmm. and he made her, he created her to be a joke, because um, once again, rape and sexual assault is funny, and um, so he created her to be a joke, and he was like, oh, and then I felt bad, so then I decided to make her a character. Mm-hmm. Great, you're awesome. Sounds like a giant pile of douche. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm just... The, the one cool, quote-unquote, female character is silent. Apparently, she doesn't speak until, like, issue 67. Because, um, obviously, any good woman should just stay silent anyway. Um, and then so, she like, says, penis butt. <laughs> um, but, she, like, the the um, like the thing with... To bring it back to something that I could talk about. So, like, in the X-Men movies... At first, Mystique, no one really liked because she didn't really talk because it was Rebecca Romaine, and um, people were like, oh, she doesn't even get to say anything, whatever, whatever. And then when they actually do have Mystique say stuff with Jennifer Lawrence, oh, this is a terrible version of Mystique. She's all talking about all this stuff. Oh, oh, okay. So then people want to talk about how, oh, Rebecca Romaine played this character so much better. No. Mm-hmm. 
She literally said maybe three lines in the three movies that she was in. Um, and half of them were in other characters' voices. Yeah, well, no, no, I'm talking about actually Rebecca Romaine. Oh, I see. I, I think you missed <laughs> a mystic character. Like, like, actually Rebecca Romaine. I, I, oh, excuse me, except for in X2 when she um, made herself, when she played herself in the bar with the uh, security guard, she had a couple lines. Um, but anyway, like... Well, she's also not that good of an actress, so... Um, well, no, she's not that good of an actress. <laughs> the movie was made in 2000 before superhero movies were cool. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they just got someone who would be pretty to paint naked blue. <laughs> like, obviously. Um, they could have called like, me. Um, but this, <laughs> this book just feels really... So, like, Garth, uh, the, the, the author, um, seeing as how, like, I also have an issue, like, it seems like it's a big thing with us is that we never seem to name female characters by their actual names. Mm-hmm. Um, when, we're, when we're talking about the book, we always refer to them as, you know, the girl or whatever. I'm like, well... Anyway, that frustrates me, too. So, anyway, the author of this book, um, he... He does always seem dated, and which is why at the time when his books come out, people are so like, oh, this is so awesome, it's so relevant and modern for my times, because it is, it's relevant and modern for the time that it is written in. Um, That's what, that's, I mean, so we've read, what, three of his books now, Um, and that's what it always feels like. It's like, yeah, this book feels like it was written in 2006. The one before felt like it was written in 1991. Um, Whereas I feel there are other authors who don't need to be extremely pop culture-y and um, make things like exactly of that era. Um, Because it's so cool and hip to be so pop culture-y. So, I I, I mean, the... I, I, I just... I didn't like it. It's it's another thing of let's do like the craziest, you know, most random stuff j- just to shock people. I'm always reminded of uh, Renee Zellweger's line from Empire Records: "Shock me, shock me, shock me with your deviant behavior." Like that's every time I turned the page, I was like, "Yup." And so I'm like, you're not shocking me because I already know that obviously on the next page there's going to be like either a naked ass, mm-hmm. someone's getting a blowjob, someone's shooting up heroin, you know, so- someone's getting their head ripped off. Um, like, it, uh, um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, again, I feel like the idea was there and the idea um, is good. Like, once again, having a, you know, undercover team to take down supers if they get too big. Like, that's actually a really clever idea. Um, But I just feel like this, I I don't feel like it was really done that well. Because the thing is that the people who are, like, the, the boys, the actual characters of the boys, none of them are in it except for revenge like they're they're just all people who got hurt by supers so they want to bust heads and not feel bad about it mm-hmm. um so like i don't really want to work root for them either like no no one is fighting for the ultimate good here and in the end they're also the stool pigeons for the government but the supers are also working for the government so it's like well really the bad guy is just the government which Yay! Duh! Doesn't everybody know that? Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, that's all I'm gonna say about it. I don't want to waste my breath anymore. Okay. No, I, I mean, okay, uh, Todd, what are your thoughts? So, 
I've been thinking about and listening to your guys' critique, and I agree with it to a point. Um, one of my favorite movies was written and directed by Chris McQuarrie, and I think it's his best movie that doesn't have Tom Cruise in it. Um, it's the movie called The Way of the Gun. Um, for one, it has one of the best openings of a movie I've ever seen in my <laughs> life with Sarah Silverman in it. You've got to mm-hmm. watch it. But um, listen to the commentary. It was really interesting. His goal was to watch his main characters be unempathetic, have no saving graces, and yet you like them anyways. And I think he was pretty successful in that because he's got main characters who are basically kidnapping this pregnant surrogate woman to hold her for ransom for a bunch of money. And is there anything redeeming about it? No. But you watch the story anyways, and as it goes on, you get a bit enraptured. So, in a lot of ways, I'll compare a lot of that to Way of the Gun. The boys here is really a question. I mean, you've got the book Watchmen, and it's based off of Who Watches the Watchmen, a quote from Kennedy, I think. And the boys really are a case of Who Watches the Watchmen. You've got these people that have been endowed with these larger-than-life superpowers that completely lack a moral compass. And when you watch, it's like a bunch of people going to college for the first time and they've been under such tight control and then they're adults and they're going to go, we're going to do what we want. And they all turn into Britney Spears. And it's really a case that's what's happening. And yes, you have the boys who are there for vengeance because their life has been ended in many ways because of them. But as you're watching this, and as you're reading it, for one, we need to talk about the art a little bit. Derek Robertson, he also did Transmetropolitan, which I love love too. But the art is um, highly, it's black. I mean, the boys all wear black trench coats, and it's just because they call it fucking cool. But they look good doing it is the uh, colors and the tones are all rich, and it's very expressive. There's a number of comic books where, like, the face, the emotions coming out of the faces of people are doing these bad things. I mean, after Annie gives the forced blowjobs, or you're just watching the pure sadness and anguish coming out of Wee Huey, it's really all there. And you can really see the emptiness of what's going on, and their thoughts of, I thought life was going to go this way, I thought the superheroes were this kind of people... And they're absolutely wrong. So it's my thought of what the Emerald City is supposed to be. It is not. And it's a lot about disillusionment. And I came to comics a little bit older. I didn't really grow up reading them. So I didn't... It's not that I don't hold them in a revere. Some people do. I guess I don't. But it really takes the characters of... The Spider-Man is with great power comes great responsibilities... And the main characters all went, well, fuck that. I'm going to do what I want because it feels good. And then you have these people. It's sort of the absolute power corrupts absolutely kind of thought process. Absolutely. And that, yes, and that's coming through here. So it's watching that. So there is no, I mean, you say there's no good guys in here and to a degree. But, I mean, a lot like Batman, Batman doesn't care about the individuals or doing what's right. as he's wants to prevent happening to others what happened to him as a kid and as much as anything else. And these guys are going about it similarly on a different path. You've got the boys here. I mean, you've got the butcher and the female and Wee Huey. And you're really going through things with Wee Huey and Wee's going, life isn't pretty. This isn't great. Someone tells me they're the good guys and they're doing these atrocities too. Is this okay? I don't know. 
and he's absolutely wrestling with it and he keeps floating back and forth of do I just stick my head in the sand and run away and just lick my wounds till I die do I get involved and get my hands dirty and you're it's heartbreaking watching as and this is more than just this trade of course but watching it but a lot of it is a slow burn establishing tones and establishing who the characters are before the story really picks up if you ever seen the uh, TV show Treme on HBO it was more about the city of New Orleans than it was about any a particular character even any story itself it was the flavor of New Orleans and you just watched lots of shows with the flavor of that um, a lot of the boys comes into that sometimes Garth goes over the top it seems just to be over the top but at the same time is I can see it I, I kind of get it and it's nothing is sacrosanct and that's okay in its own way and sometimes life's just shitty and you gotta decide between a shit sandwich or a used bottle of douche <laughs> and, and it all comes back to South Park it, it all comes back to South Park <laughs> but it really comes in but that is the choice you're left with and you're watching We Huey is like is there a third choice or is not choosing at all the best one or being involved in the process and making the impact that he needs to ultimately decide is he going to have an impact or not and is he perfect heavens no but he's also absolutely devastated and trying to put his life back together at the same time so it's a critique on the tropes of much of it and i can see why dc let it go and it was probably an ultimately a good thing also they folded the wildstorm imprint shortly after they let this series go as well so it might have been as much to do with that as anything. But, you know, it's all there. And over time, as you're reading with them, as you're doing it, there is touching moments later on. And you're like, oh, this is supposed to be the good guy and he's a villain. But everyone's a douche. But that's okay. I think it, I mean, I think uh, one of the things is that, depending on who's telling the story, um, anybody's story, I mean, I think anybody could be the villain or the hero in a story, especially talking about like an ex-girlfriend or whatever. It's kind of like I, I think about um, sure. How I Met Your Mother when they do uh, the uh, the uh, the wedding bride, where all of a sudden mm-hmm. Ted Mosby, who is the hero of the story we're watching, is the villain of a story someone else wrote from the other perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, does anybody have any final thoughts before we go into recommendations? No, I just nope. like I I. <laughs> No, I, I really, I really wish that this had been a better introduction to the story because you, know, yeah. you guys have read more, so that it does come around, and that's the story I would like to see. But I'm not sure how much I want to slog through to get there. Well, so and, just... I mean, I think this might be one of those those books that if it, if, it, if they make it into a movie, which they're making everything into a movie, they're making think, the movie. Maybe a Showtime show or something with it. Maybe, and that mm. might be the better way to, to take in this story. Um, you know, is rather than rather than. Uh, because, because I kind of after rereading it the second time around, because I've, I've read mm-hmm. it when, when I first read it, I, I can see there's still some moments that make you squirm a little bit, and I will completely and utterly admit to that. Um, mm-hmm. And this this story, because of what the the ultimate core of the story is, I really like. But the way it's window dressed here, I feel like is a little unnerving and not necessarily great. Perhaps underneath a different storyteller's uh, guidance, maybe this maybe it becomes a better story as a TV show, um, and it might be something that's if it does become a TV show, might be more worth watching than actually reading this book. Um, and that, maybe that's maybe that's the ultimate option, you know. Um, 
So that is my two cents. Um, I'm assuming Q has nothing to add to that because uh, I know he has wasted enough breath on this. But Q, would you like to waste some breath on a recommendation? Yeah, so in very, very, very exciting news. Okay. Um, I not now I can't even honestly remember if I've talked about it before. But so growing up, there was a TV movie called The Flight of Dragons. Oh yes, you mm. talked about it last week, I think. Ha- did yeah. I? Well, it fucking arrived, <laughs> and I've watched it, and I've watched it twice, and oh my god, <laughs> it is so exciting. Oh, that's right, I did. It was my recommendation last it week. Was. How did I not even write that? Um, it it's okay. I repeated a cocktail. Up. You repeated a recommendation. It's all good. Um, it lived up. To childhood expectations. <laughs> so usually when shit like this happens, it's like Transformers, the movie, the original cartoon mm-hmm. movie. And even though it's still like kind of fun, you're just like, oh yeah, like this really wasn't that great. Or like G.I. Joe the movie, although G.I. Joe the movie is still pretty fucking awesome too. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't get me started. Or, oh, wait, no, oh, I'm sorry. the old school G.I. Joe. No, no, I'm talking about like the cartoon. Oh, okay, cool. I thought even the new one. I was like, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Those were all terrible. You watch those for the scenes where they're working out. <laughs> Duh. I, I've got porn on my computer, so. <laughs> but I know, but Channing Tatum working I've out. Seen his dick. It's, it's, it, it's like oh, duh, who hasn't? It's called Google. Um, <laughs> the um, it's like the wood chopping scene in Age of Ultron. Like <laughs> that kind of shit just gets me going. Um, anyway, Flood of Dragons. It does not disappoint. Like it's still cheesy. Nineteen eighty six. Uh, like, but it's also done by the same people who did the Hobbit cartoons. So, and and also uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and uh, Frosty the Snowman, uh, Rankin and Bass. So, like, their stuff still feels just a little bit better quality. And um, yeah, it was fucking awesome. So, I'm recommending it again. Um, also, I'm going to uh, recommend uh, drink a lot of Fireball because it made me feel amazing last night. So, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, actually, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but if you take a um like a uh, a bottle of uh, what is it? Like um, now I'm blanking on it. Basically, uh, are you talking about like like like, like the apple cider? Yeah, like do an thing apple cider and, and then do a shot of the yeah, fireball in it. It's, yeah, um, it's it, it's not that it's not that great. First of all, I I don't I don't really like apples like the apple ciders, okay. and and also uh. My friend Ben, who I go drinking with all the time, is allergic to apples. Oh, gotcha. So, um, so we don't do apple things. But yes, a lot, a lot of people that I know drink those. Yeah. Well, but and if you like Fireball, you'll get. I mean, obviously, you've met her. You'll probably get along with my sister-in-law because uh, she loves Fireball. Uh, oh, oh, really? Oh, yes. oh, so seriously, <laughs> when, when you first, so side note, back to Brian's wedding. <laughs> So when Brian asked me to be a groomsman, I was like, "Woo, this is gonna be awesome!" And uh, he was like, "Oh, so you're gonna you're gonna walk down with um, with Jess's sister?" And I was like, "Okay, like that sounds cool. You know, I I like meeting new friends." And so then he's like sending me pictures. And I'm like, "Are you talking about the fucking supermodel? Have <laughs> you walked down with a supermodel?" So like he sent me the picture of um, Jess's best friend, who was the the maid of honor. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, well, obviously Todd's walking down with her. Okay, Jory and Stephanie obviously are going to walk down together because they're married. And then and then he was like, yeah, and then there's this guy that Chris is walking down with. I'm like, can you make Chris walk down with the supermodel? Because, like, li- I, like th- this isn't even, like, an exaggeration. No, she's an actual model. Yeah. Like, she models for payment. Like, she's actually a supermodel. And I... <laughs> 
So meeting her in real life, she is very fun, very nice. She and I did have a couple shots together. I'm not shots. Um, <laughs> and her husband is super hot, so yes. congratulations. Um, but I was like, I am like this chubby white trash kid <laughs> from Southern Maryland who has to walk down the aisle with this. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh, I, I was in so much spanks <laughs> for this wedding. <laughs> you and Chris were hilarious about the spanks, too. Well, girl, you gotta get all that stuff in. First of all, so I used to work at Express, and those clothes are made to be tight on fat people. Like, they just, they don't like fat people there. Mm-hmm. Have I told you guys the story where, um, so recently after, well, no, I guess it was before your wedding, because I ordered the, the stuff for the wedding online, mm-hmm. but before, because I was, I was heavier than I was even at the wedding, I went in, and I'm like, I used to work here, I know what size I wear, I obviously bought a shit ton of jeans from here, mm-hmm. and so I asked for my size, because they I didn't see any on the floor, and the girl was like, oh, we don't sell that size anymore. Uh, and I was like, oh my god, did she just Sears me? Yes, <laughs> <Did she just laughs> imply that I need to go shop at Sears? So, needless to say, I threw the pants in her face. Uh-huh. I hope I, she lost an eye. Uh-huh. But I was like, and I was like, and now I'm never shopping here again until Brian made me go buy a suit from there. Uh, no, that um, was, uh, the suit was from J. Crew. J. Crew. Oh, J. Crew. Yeah. Okay, it wasn't. A, uh, why was I? Why was I on Express? Just because you wanted to look fabulous. That's all. No, no. Oh, I, I remember what it was. I was looking online because um, the J. Crew stuff was sold out, okay. so I was looking to see if they had the similar thing on Express. Okay, yeah. yeah, no, yeah, it was J. Crew. But anyway, yeah, I tried to be super thin for your wedding. I appreciate it. it I tried to be as well, and now I'm trying to get back there because <laughs> I let myself go. I got married and let myself go, and I'm working on that now. So. Which yeah. is, it's good, but I fucking haven't eaten anything good in a while. Actually, I quit caffeine. I quit Coca-Cola, which, for Woo-hoo. those of you who know me. That, what? Yeah, I, I stopped drinking Coca-Cola. Um, and I've been good for like a week, and uh, maybe two. And yesterday was the first day I was just like, I had hankerings, man. I'm like, I fucking want a Coke so bad. I did not have one. I'm still good. I'm still Coke-free since like three weeks ago. So, there you go. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm half the man I used to be. <laughs> Uh, so, um, uh, Todd, do you have any recommendations? Yeah, I'm going to modify it to go along with cues on here. For 1986 and things from childhood that were great, uh, a couple years back I had bought the um, complete collection of Robotech Saga. Oh, I remember. You were obsessed with that when we were in college. Oh, I did. And it was one of like, the first animes that kind of... Oh, my God, Robotech. Robotech. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, it does not hold up as well. <laughs> But I still love it anyways, and you watch it, and you're just like, oh, this is kind of terrible. Like, yeah, I see the same split screen, or the change scene where the planes turn into flying robots about for ten minutes of every episode. It's just the same sequence over and over mm-hmm. again. But it does have a special place in my heart, and there is warm fuzzies, and I love Robotech. And gotcha. Keep that there. So, you know, season two and three aren't nearly so good, but Robotech is awesome. <laughs> it is. Okay. Uh, Adam, do you have any recommendations? Uh, what's actually funny is my mine kind of dovetails into Todd's. Uh, so they re-released uh, they re-released Pacific Rim on 4K, uh-huh. and I was like, yeah, I don't know, I, it's like one of my favorite movies. I love it to death, but do I need it on 4K? I already own it in Blu-ray, and I was like, ah, well, I'll go buy it. Uh, that fucker's been sold out for like since the day it came out. Uh-huh. Uh, it's impossible to find. We finally got one. You know, we they finally got one in. I went and bought it, and 
yeah, if you like that movie and you've got the 4K player and TV, you've got to get it because the movie's fantastic. It already looks really, really cool. But with that much attention to detail and definition, uh, you can see like every fleck of rust, every nut, every bolt, um, spittle dry, drooling down like the, the kaiju's faces. Like it almost looks like a different movie. Um, in fact, it brought about the same feeling I had when I saw it, like second row IMAX, like the at the press screen. So, uh, kind of going along with the the robots fighting monsters, uh, punching yep. monsters. Uh, it's if you got the TV and you've got the setup, it's worth it. Just pick it up. I mean, it's it's pretty much on sale everywhere, but it has been really hard to find. Um, Charlie yeah, it, is it, easy to look at too. I'll give you that. Yes, he was my uh, <laughs> post. He was my post of the day the other day. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's it's like watching a, a movie brand new again. So if you haven't seen it in a while, because it's always on like FX, uh, 4K is the way to go for that. All right. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, speaking of robot, now this has nothing to do with robots. Um, uh, just because I've been telling everybody, I've been uh, I've been doing the comics bento. I am at the last one of the first three that I bought. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to keep renewing this or not. But uh, so this week's was uh, or this month's was all uh, not 90s themed. So we have. Turdock Dinosaur Hunter Conquest from Dynamite Entertainment. Ooh, I haven't read Turdock in forever. Okay, so you've heard of this. I have not heard of it. Oh, yeah, it was a, it was a video game, too, on the PlayStation uh-huh. and the N64. Okay. Uh, then they have uh, The Mask Strikes Back uh, from Dark Horse from 1995. Um, and then they have... Uh, they're doing Valiant Masters, so doing some of the old-school Valiant books. We here did um, Exo Man of War, and so they sent... Uh, like It was basically like one of three options... As to what you would get, and I don't know if you've heard that, but I just, I just broke a glass. My wife will kill me. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, no. So uh, I got within, uh, I got Shadow Man is what I ended up getting. And then the last one is a um, uh, Doctor Strange book, actually, which is uh, Flight of Bones from 1997, um, which has a bunch of different uh, writers talking about stuff, which, interestingly enough, uh, Karen Gillian writes one of the uh, issues in that book, um, who did uh, Wicked and the Divine, which we did a few weeks ago. Um, so that will do it for recommendations. Uh, next week, we're heading into December, and so we tried, we really did, to do all Christmas-themed books. Believe they it or not, exist. they don't fucking exist. There's like one that I could come up with. Uh, you know, there's like individual issues, but there's not like you know overall Christmas books. So what we decided to do is each member of the panel gets um, a week and they get a book to pick that they're going to share with everybody because they like it for various reasons. So it is their Christmas gift to us and to you, and hopefully we find books that Q doesn't hate. Um, but uh, this first book was actually chosen by Adam. It's Yay. also partially my life story. Uh, so Adam, if you would like to introduce the first book of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, so Scott Pilgrim versus the world. It's uh, Scott's precious little life. And if you if you saw the movie, I mean, it's an amazing movie. But if you have not read the comics, go check them out because they actually dive in a lot deeper. There's some plot twists, things that change around. Uh, but yeah, Scott is... Uh, kind of a loser and his friends are musicians and he's trying to he meets this girl falls in love with her because he immediately falls head over heels with every single girl he meets ever well since his last girlfriend dumped him because he hasn't cut his hair since then much like in the movie mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, and it's cool it's, it's a bunch of it's, it's his he's got to go meet Ramona Flowers he falls in love and she's like well in order to date me you have to uh, beat my uh, seven evil exes or is it six I forget seven seven that's what it is yeah um God, I haven't read so I've, I've not read this book since like the movie came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but so I'm excited to jump back in and see it again. But yeah, he's got to beat her 70 Luxes uh, in order to date her, and it kind of goes from there. And the cool thing is, is when the book was originally published, it's, well, it's in six parts. Uh, it was all black and white. Well, they've uh, they've since gone through and colorized them. So if you've not read it before and you want to jump in, uh, you actually can pick up the colorized version, which I do want to get. I just have a hard time spending money on things I already own. Yeah, but sure. I don't know. You just bought Pacific Rim again. <laughs> well, yeah, that, was, that was for a different reason. Um, Burn! <laughs> just saying. You bitch. Um, <laughs> unless it's improved in a way that makes sense. Uh, I mean, it's colored. That's racist. <laughs> Spend more money, Adam. Spend more money. We live in a capitalist society. God knows I don't need to do that. Um, but anyways, yeah. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Scott's Precious Little Life. Uh, check it out. It'll be a lot of fun, and I'm hoping Q will like this one because it's it's. it's well, I like the movie. It, it's, okay. it's, it's very lighthearted like too. It's not like it's in uh, it's his character. Uh, Rory Culkin played his gay roommate in the uh, movie, and he's more fun in this one too. So Wallace is awesome. Uh, cool. Wallace Wells. Wallace Wells. Uh, yes, um, and I, I. It's also one of my favorite books. Um, as I think I've said in previous episodes, I went and bought the last book the day that it came out. I bought three copies: one for me, one for my girlfriend at the time, and one for my roommate, who then got that book signed and gave it back to me, which is fantastic. So, one of my prized items I have is a signed copy of the last book. Yeah, um, Brian O'Malley, his his new one is called Seconds. Yes. And I've been trying to get it from Volts forever, but they keep on having it's always sold out. Uh-huh. I know I can special order it, but I'm kind of one of those like I forget I want it until I'm there. Yeah. And I have to, it's like very spur of the moment. I have to like buy it right then. So yeah. One no, day they'll have it in stock and I'll be able to get it. Cool. Um, so that'll probably do it for this week, unless anyone else has anything they want to throw in. Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. This Mm-mm. is a long episode. Mm-mm. We either went way off the rails or got really dark and deep. Uh, either way, thanks for listening. Uh, join us next week for lighter, more fun. I can almost guarantee it. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.